The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $10 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big and win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WINNBet.com and start winning today. Ross brought to Coors Light. Get mountain cold refreshment delivered straight to your door via Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash SGP. That's CoorsLight.com slash SGP. Index we're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head on over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And finally, we're brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is a horse racing daily fantasy sports app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $40,000 with just one entry. Head on over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And, of course, make sure to download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Episode 1, uh-oh. I think it's 133, or do we already have 133? Hmm. I'm not going to let my co-host answer because he's not allowed to talk till he's introduced. Um, our hardcore fans, maybe John would know. If he's listening right now, he's probably yelling into his whatever he listens to through, yelling the, the episode number. Um, I'm going to go with 133, but I'm checking my email just to make sure. Um, this is... Maybe, perhaps, the greatest starting tour podcast we've ever had. Yep, I'm going with episode 133. That, that's it. That's what it is, which is convenient um, because this episode goes out to my lovely wife, whose birthday is on Friday, and she's turning 133, so it's perfect. <laughs> it, it, it dovetails nicely to that. Um, and I told her I'm tired, and this is probably going to be a, a bad episode, and I, I'm, I'm proving that so far. Uh, but she says she doesn't want it. A bogus. She said bogus, which shows how old she is. She doesn't want a bogus episode uh, dedicated to her. So I guess I'm going to have to step it up, or my co-host will have to step it up, uh, preferably him. Um, who am I? I'm the husband of the person whose episode this is dedicated to. Um, my name would be Jeff. Uh-oh, see, I, I'm so ill-prepared. I don't have a nickname. Oh, of course. I've got to be Jeff uh, Beeston 258. Uh, this is the <laughs> episode. I definitely have to be that name. Uh, Fox. So Jeff Beeston 258 Fox. Thank you. Hopefully that nickname's not taken by someone else. Um, if not, I'll have to change it to like overtime or something like that instead. So anyhow, thanks for coming. Hopefully you'll listen to us on our feed, the MMA Gambling Podcast feed, so you can get us our picks in your ears right away. If you're, if you're listening to this on Friday, then you're probably listening to it on the, the main SGPN feed uh, because we don't go out there until Friday. So all all the smart kids are in on the on the main uh, MMA Gambling Podcast feed, because then they'll be getting this in their ears either Wednesday night, if you're a super fan like Jong, or Thursday morning. So, there you go. Um, let's bring in that co-host of mine that's going to carry the load this week. This is this is a big episode. We're not just breaking down UFC, we're also breaking down a couple of Bellator fights, so you're getting lots of lots of picks from us, a lot of bang for your buck, uh, and considering you pay nothing for this, you're really getting a good deal. Alright, my co-host, I know his nickname, his nickname's Gumby, or Danny, or Danny B., it's Daniel Vreeland. Hey, what's up, man? <laughs> hey, what's up? Uh, very little. I'm looking forward to uh, a a. Uh, I feel like lackluster isn't even the right word for this UFC card. 
with with like a couple of exceptions of dudes who I like legitimately really enjoy watching for maybe not even skill reasons. Like I just you you have to enjoy a William Knight fight or a Huggy Bear Barnett fight yep. or like you you gotta enjoy okay. those. Yeah, you get, Monkey King, right? You gotta enjoy those for like reasons completely unrelated to like how close they are to the rankings. But like the co-main of, the, of this one is two dudes coming off the Contender Series making ten and ten, uh, yep. which is pretty wild. <laughs> which made this this card very difficult. Uh, I had a hard. I did not have any fun uh, making picks for this, this card. <laughs> when I was doing my research. There's a lot of the fights I'm sure on are all like minus four hundreds or whatever, um, and the ones I'm not sure on, uh, or I'm like, who is this guy? Do I or gal? Do I even remember this person? So there's too many of those on this card. So hopefully, um, Danny, who knows uh, every fighter and everything, everything about he or she's backstory, will will uh, help change some of the question marks I have on my spreadsheet in front of me into stone cold lock picks, right? Yeah, I don't think they will, but I will tell you <laughs> that when I was making these picks, you know, like you said, the ones you were sure about were negative 500 or whatever. <laughs> I, I had a couple where I was like, okay, I'll make that pick, and then I, like, went to go look at the odds afterwards, and I was like, wait, what? Like, I, not that – like, I, I thought yeah. it was really close, and I went to go look at the odds, and then I was like, negative 410 on so-and-so? Like, that's an absurd number. Uh, and then I, like, second-guessed my shit. Shitara? Right? Minus 425 on Shitara? I, so. I mean, like, there there are some <laughs> – there are some that are just like really, really questionable. Like that—that that is definitely one of the ones where I was like, "Let <laughs> let me go back and remember these two fighters." And I was like, "Oh That's yeah, Myra Buena Silva is probably a little better than Yanan Wu." You know, like uh, I'll probably cash it like negative one seventy five. And I looked it up and it was negative four ninety. Like what? Is, <laughs> yeah, no how doubt. Did this, how did this happen? So uh, yeah, no, in the that's not the only one like that too. Um, so we'll highlight a couple uh, lines to just frickin' stay away from uh, during this episode. Yeah, we may have trouble with our recommended plays uh, this week. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, I think maybe we'll dip into Bellator first since we're only doing two of those fights, and it is first. It's coming up on Friday. So uh, before we go into that, let me tell you about WinBet, of course. Lovely WinBet sponsors us. Make sure to get down on the wins. Bet $10, win $200 promotion. I got it right. Where a $10 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bet. Plus, the WinBet Casino is offering 100% deposit bonus up to 1000 bucks. And, of course, don't forget to get involved in their same game parlays with the Win's own Build Your Own Bet feature. There's so much to choose from. And all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started. Offer up to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And if you like winning stuff and you like the NBA, actually, you don't even have to like the NBA. If you like winning stuff, the NBA Playoffs Bracket Challenge we're running at SGPN right now, just in time for the playoffs. We're giving away 500 bucks in our Bracket Challenge. That's 500 bucks right out of Gumby's pocket, completely free to enter. Actually, it doesn't make it to his pocket. Um, it comes out of his pay before it makes it to his pocket. So completely free to enter. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash NBA playoffs or hit the contest link in the SGPN app for your chance to win 500 bones. And you know what you can do with that 500 bones? You can buy some Coors Light, lots of Coors Light. It's a hectic time of year between weddings, graduations, spring sports, and more. We're busier than ever right now. 
and sometimes we forget to take a second for ourselves. So this season, take a second to enjoy an ice-cold Coors Light because you deserve a beer that's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. Mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. When I need to take a second for myself, I reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light. Deliver straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash SGP. That's CoorsLight.com slash SGP. And remember to always celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We have given you lots to celebrate. Uh, if you follow my picks all year, which seems no one is because everyone loves Gumby more, but if you, follow my, if you follow my picks, you're definitely celebrating. If you followed Gumby's picks last week, you're definitely celebrating as well because we had a had a good a good show of things on the UFC side of things. Uh, let's see how how things go with Bellator. And we had multiple people in the Slack ask us to break down uh, Bellator and the SGPN Slack, which uh, I strongly uh, suggest everybody get in on because it's lots of fun, filled with lots of good people. Uh, I want to say lots of good guys because basically it only is guys, but um, we, occasionally we, we have some ladies in there. It would be nice if we had some females in there once in a while, but regardless, good people in there, um, and, and we're always talking fights or whatever other sport you're into or food or music or whatever else, fill in the blank. All right, so multiple people, meaning two. We had two whole people uh, ask for this. One of them, Super Fan Jong. Uh, they want us to break down the top two fights, the two title fights on this Friday's card. This is the most excitement we've ever had for a Bellator event since we started recording, I think, Dan. Um, so we got a double uh, double title fight card going down, and it, it is Friday night, 7 p.m. on Showtime. Where, is it, where are they this week? Is it their usual spot in Connecticut or not? No, Do I don't. I don't think they're in Uncasville. I think they're in San Jose, the other of their two main spots. Um, that used to be there. Well, no, that was Strike Force. Well, I mean, so since Scott Coker took over Bellator, it's also yeah. kind of Bellator's uh, secondary spot yeah. along with Uncasville, Connecticut. <laughs> yes. How's the casino there, Dan? You told us about the casino in Rhode Island. How's the casino in Uncasville? <laughs> it's nicer than Twin River. I actually, uh, I'll tell well, you a funny I'll tell you a funny story about that one. That was like one of the first places I ever went to a live MMA event. Uh um, Mohegan Sun Casino in Uncasville, Connecticut. Um, and me and my brother went to go get food before we were going in. So I was going clearly just as a spectator at this point. And uh, I saw filthy Tom Waller walking barefoot through that casino <laughs> with Seth Petrus- with Seth Petrozelli, the guy who knocked out Kimbo, uh, who was fighting that night. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we got to see barefooted. He just decided – there's no need for shoes in a casino, uh, and it was the most Tom Lawler thing to ever happen. New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Champion. No, yeah, New, New, New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Champion Tom Lawler, who wrestles. I think he wrestles. Does he wrestle barefoot or not? I think he does. I know he wears, like, cut cut off of, like, jean shorts, but um, I don't think he wears boots, but I'm not positive. Right? It would be wild, by the way, if he walked around a casino with no shoes but then wrestled with yeah. shoes. <laughs> that would be bizarro world uh yes i looked it up this one is in the sap center in san jose california which means i will be able to get everyone the fighter the official fighter payout purses because california is one of the last uh athletic commissions that actually releases the official payout so i will have that on my money mma.substack.com as soon as they send it to me so early next week that will be up there so all right so this is going down friday on showtime um 
or YouTube for free in Canada, haha, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we only care about the top two cards, top two fights on the card. The um, We got tournament championship, which doubles as a title championship um, as well, championship fight as well, and then we have a featherweight rematch championship. I'm seeing my words are already getting mixed up, Dan. Uh, but uh, everybody understands. It was all the right words, just just the wrong order. But all right, let's break down the first one. Tournament championship. It would be at the 205-pound division, which would be light heavyweight last time I checked. It's, and it, it, like I said, it, it contains the actual champ in it. Vadim Nemkov will be defending his belt against Corey Anderson, uh, who you may know from the UFC and from Beeston 25-8. Now, he, does he go by overtime now? Which is lame. I think he does. He, right? he does only go by overtime. It's a huge bummer. <laughs> it is. Well, I, I'm keeping Beast in 25-8 alive. This podcast will will keep it alive. It'll never die. All right, let's break this one down. We'll tell you about Anderson first. 16 and five, eight knockouts. So half of his wins are coming via knockout. He's been knocked out himself four times. Uh, he's won seven of his last eight. He's on a streak. He's three and zero in Bellator. All of his wins have come via uh, TKO. He was 10-5 and five in the UFC, had a very good run there, too. He also was the Ultimate Fighter champion because, once again, it all comes back to the Ultimate Fighter. He was 3-0 in the house, and then he won the championship. Was that light heavyweight, heavyweight? What division was that? I think it was light heavyweight. He Do beat you know, a bunch of people I'd never heard of. Yeah, he beat Matt Van Buren in the finals. I will always remember that yeah, name. <laughs> even the person in the finals I haven't heard of, really. I guess I watched it at the time, but, yeah, I don't remember that guy. So uh, He used to fight a heavy, heavyweight. Uh, he's got three inches height and three inches reach on the champ Nenkov, plus 142. Uh, Nenkov, 15-2, 10 knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out once himself. He's 7-0 in Bellator and is the champion, as I said. He's won nine straight fights. He won his last fight via submission. He also used to fight at heavyweight. He was a Sambo champion. He's three years younger than Anderson, minus 180. We'll let Dan break it down for you. So, fun fact, uh, before we get okay. too deep too deep into the breakdown here, uh, do you know who Vadim Nemkov's uh, TKO losses to? Huggy uh, Bear. No, it's Yuri Prohashka, uh, oh. which, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, back in Ryzen, uh, as part of their Grand Prix, uh, he got knocked their, like, initial Grand Prix to, like, kick off the organization – he beat Gorian Relyik, which you might remember from uh, UFC fame, and then uh, two days later turned around and got uh, – well, actually, he just didn't come out for the second round against Yuri Prashka. So um, Prashka gets the TKO. Um, I'm – this one's a tricky one for me because on, on one hand, Nemkov does wrestle really well. Um, and, and, you know, Corey Anderson is a decent offensive wrestler, but not really much of a uh, – you know, like – I don't think he's as well-rounded as Nemkov, but lately he's looked really good on the feet. Um, and part of me just, like, can't kind of overlook how good he's looked there. Um, you know, like, knocking out Ryan Bader is is certainly, like, something to note. Um, you know, before that, he, he went by ground and pound. He's beaten people with elbows prior to that. And even if you go back to, like, when he was in the UFC, he beat Glover Teixeira and Johnny Walker and Ilya Latifi as part of that run before getting knocked out by Jan Blankovic and being shown the door. So I think I'm actually going to go with Corey Anderson here. Um, I, I like I, I don't have a really good read on this fight because, you know, like I think both of them do very similar things, but I just 
been kind of higher on Corey Anderson striking than Nemkov lately. So if I can get plus money on a way that I'm only slightly leaning, I'm going to take that. All right. Sounds good to me. I'm not making official picks. I don't pay enough attention. Well, I pay attention about it. I don't watch enough of it. So, but all right, good. Plus money. Hope you uh, did Jones like that. Um, if it comes through, of course, main event is a rematch rematches. I generally always go with the person who won the first match. Cause normally, especially when you have immediate rematches, because normally not much has changed. Uh, so this one is for the featherweight championship uh, between the current champ, AJ McKee. Do you know what his nickname is, Dan? Uh, the mercenary. Yes. Mercenary. Yeah, I think mercenary. There's a lot. I think it's just mercenary. And then, okay. uh, Patricio uh, Friere. Do you know his nickname, Dan? Pitbull. Yeah, he's one of the. Oh, seven, you know that one? He's, he's uh-huh. one of the seventy-two Pitbull brothers. Oh, I know, <laughs> I know. Anyhow, uh, Patricio Pitbull, thirty-two and five, eleven knockouts, twelve submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted once, so he's a very hard man to finish. Uh, he's twenty and five in Bellator. He's been the champ two times. Actually, two weight classes. Was he? I think he was featherweight champ two times too. Was he not? Or am I wrong yeah. there? He, he, he I believe he was featherweight twice because didn't he lose to? That uh, Daniel Strauss, I think, who wound up oh, being yeah, like yeah, a yeah. like a giant scumbag. Is he the one I th- <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking about? Who is a giant scumbag? He, Hold that. he had a Hold whole that. lot of uh, drug issues and arrests and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's that's what, I, that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. And then he had the he had he was a double champ until very recently. He was a the lightweight then featherweight champ and then. He got a little too cocky, and he gave up his lightweight championship, and his brother won it, and then he lost his featherweight championship. So now he has no championships, and he's, if he doesn't win it back here, he's what, what's he going to do? Tell his brother he wants his belt back? He's, uh, <laughs> yeah, he he uh, didn't didn't uh, think that went out too much. So anyhow, uh, let's finish his breakdown. Like I said, he used to be a, a lightweight as well. He's won eight of his last nine. However, he did lose his last fight via submission to the man he's facing this week. Made his debut debut back in two thousand and four plus two eighty. You probably wonder what the line was McKee via submission in that first fight. Must have been pretty good because Pitbull uh, never has never lost by submission until then. So yeah, I mean his his line straight up in the that fight to open was plus a hundred. Yeah, um, and, and it closed at like negative one hundred five. So you got to imagine. The the subline, which I I can't find in the archives here, but you got to imagine the subline was pretty good. Yep, let's tell you about this this year champion man AJ McKee, eighteen and zero, six knockouts, seven submissions. So both these guys are very well rounded finishers. All of his fights have been in Bellator. That's the impressive part there. Uh, he is their champion. This will be his first title defense. He's won three straight fights via submission and four straight fights via finish. He's eight years younger than Pitbull, four inches taller than him, eight inches of reach, minus four fifty five. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to take AJ McKee. Also, I was able to dig through uh, Best Fight yeah. Odds uh, archives and found that uh, AJ McKee by submission was plus 450. Um, well, if so, someone has a time machine, go back and take that bet. Yeah, yeah, I think he's going to do it. Um, I, no, I'm, I'm going to take McKee again here. Look, I, I think in addition to being just as dangerous on the feet as Fieri, uh, I, I think he also – uh, absolutely schools him on the ground if he wants to, and, and in just about any way possible. Um, there's a reason why this line is so wide. The second time is McKee has consist- consistently showed time and time again. He's probably, you know, like, people always ask me where guys would fall in the rankings if they flipped over to the UFC. Like, I definitely think he's a top 10 featherweight in the world. Uh, some people have argued as high as top five. Some people have 
in very silly fashion, argued he's better than Volkanovski, who I think is the best in the world. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, like, I, I don't think he's that. But, like, he, he's up there. He, he's really good. If you put him in a fight with, you know, Brian Ortega, I think you'd be shocked at how competitive and fun it was. So, um, yeah, like, he, he slams Pitbull here. Uh, and I think it's no problem. Yep. I agree. I agree. All right. So there, there you go, you hardcore Bellator Degens. They're your picks for this week's Bellator card. All right. We're going to jump into the UFC, the slog that is this week's UFC. But first, maybe we should take some Athletic Greens. That might help us get through it because we are brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. So what is this stuff? With one, a delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens, which help you adapt, Dan, uh, let us know last week, to help you start your day right. A special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things that, all that, all those things. This is, there's still a typo here. Please, someone fix this. Uh, it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports Better sleep quality and recovery, and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you, that's you, listener, a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash SGP. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Plus, we're brought to you by Trade Coffee. Trade Coffee connects customers to the freshest and best-tasting coffee they've ever made at home by partnering with the country's best craft roasters. These are independent businesses from big cities and small towns. Trade customers are truly impactful for these independent roasters, often being the largest source of new growth for them. It's expert tasted coffee. Trade's coffee team actually tastes, tests thousands of coffees to keep you to keep 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every day. There's no one perfect coffee, but there is a perfect coffee for you, and Trade's human-powered algorithm will find it. Trade's first match guarantee. Trade is so confident they'll match you right the first time that if they don't, they'll take your feedback, and an optional, an actual, excuse me, actual coffee expert will work with you to send you a brand-new bag for free. So that's that's what you need to know there. Right here, Here's what you need to do. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 on your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash SGP. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash SGP. Let Trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com slash SGP for $30 off. All right. Let's make us more than 30 bucks. Let's make us a lot more than that. On UFC Vegas 51, a.k.a. UFC Fight, sorry, UFC and ESPN, it's actually called Luke versus Mohamed 2. All right. Um, rematch, like I said, Vincente Luque versus Bilal Mohamed, um, part two. So it's going down Saturday. We got a 5.30 p.m. Eastern start time uh, for the prelims, and that will be on ESPN 2 and ESPN Plus. And then the main card is on ESPN, which is a shame because it's not a very strong main card. But anyhow, it is on uh, 8.30, I believe, is what I saw the start time. Does that sound right to you, Dan? That sounds right. <laughs> we'll, we'll say it is. And it's Eastern, so there you go. And that's on ESPN as well, in ESPN Plus, like I said. Not as well. First one's ESPN 2, second one's ESPN. And like I said, this usually those cards are usually stacked, but I don't think the UFC cares anymore about these things. So anyhow, let's start things off from the bottom. Benoit's Healy Alatang. Versus Kevin Kroom. 
Um, all right. This was, like I said, this is a Bantamweight fight. Somehow Kevin Kroom is going to get down to Bantamweight. Um, his nickname is Crash. Maybe he's going to crash diet down to there. Haha. <laughs> he's 21 and 14 with one no contest, six knockouts, 10 submissions. He's been knocked out, knocked out four times, submitted four times. He's 0-2 with one no contest in the UFC. Uh, he won his last fight via submission, but it got turned to a no contest because he was smoking the weed and got popped for it, but that's not an issue anymore. He also was in Bellator. He went 2-1. He is, has multiple regional championships on his... Mantle. Oh, sorry. Yes, my, my that's all right. I got, I, I got to steal a drink that way. Uh, he's <laughs> at, at Featherweight, 2009 debut. He's six inches taller than Alatang, seven inches reach. You know, I'm a sucker for those things. Plus 150. Uh, Alatang, do you know his nickname, Dan? Um, I don't off the top of my head. The Mongolian Knight with the K. Okay. We had him on the same same card as the Mongolian Murderer one. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> oh, the good old days. Eh? Fun times. 14-8-2. Four knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out three times, submitted once. 2-1-1 one, one in the UFC. Whoever over his last two fights, he's gone 0-1-1 one, one, um, over his last two fights. And his last fight was a draw. I used to fight at... Uh, Featherweight and flyweight. So this is right in the middle of those. He's four years younger. Grappling stats in his favor, minus 180. Go ahead. I think I'm going to take Alatang in this one. Uh, I know the reach is there for Kroom. I'm really worried about what he looks like at, at 35. Yep. Like, I, yep. I don't think this is good for him at all. And in addition to that, if you go back and look at what, what has historically beaten Haile Alatang, it's like that one fight that, that Casey Kenny came out for some reason and looked otherworldly with his striking, which I, I don't know what was in him that day. Maybe it was that – I think he was – that was out on Fight Island uh, where he threw like 72 straight body kicks and just lit up the side of Haile Alatang. But apart from that, like it, he hasn't lost in the UFC. He's got that draw to Gustavo Lopez, which was – he was way out front. Every single judge gave him rounds one and two before Lopez took a 10-8 third. Don't get me wrong, Kroom's like durable and stuff like that, but I don't think he's going to put a you know big round on Alatang at the end. I think Alatang comes out strong. He at least bags the first two rounds, uh, if not puts Kroom away. Because like, I, I think Kroom down a weight class is not only a bad move, but probably a bad move for as much punishment as he can take. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Alatang too for basically the same reasons. Uh, we're going to see a 5'11", 135-pounder apparently, so uh, that'll be interesting. If he if he makes it to that weight, so all right. Um, starting next uh, next on the menu, women's strawweight Estella Nunez versus Sam Hughes. So we got Sam Page uh, Hughes is five and four, one knockout, three submissions. She was knocked out once, submitted once. Zero and three in the UFC. She's won one of her last five fights. She used to fight at one twenty five and one thirty five. This one is what did I say? This one's at this one's at one fifteen. Yes. Yep. Uh, she's inch taller. Grappling stats in her favor, plus one seventy-five. Noon six and two, one no, sh- one no contest. She's knocked out two people. Uh, she's been submitted. Both of her losses have come via submission, actually, two times. Oh, won the UFC. She lost via submission, of course. She's got loss win loss over her last three fights. Uh, she went two and one in one championship. She actually fought for the belt there, I believe. That's where her loss came. Um, two inches of reach on Hughes. Striking and active striking stats in her favor, minus two fifteen. I'll take Nunes since she's already fought at the highest, highest level you could fight at in one championship. <laughs> this, this, will be, this will be a piece of cake for her. But uh, 
no, I, I think uh, Hughes has not really looked UFC caliber um, since she's been in the in the uh, in the UFC. So I'll, I'll take news this one. Yeah, go with the chalk. I'll say not only that. I'll say for as far as the technical breakdown goes, like Hughes has had a lot of trouble in the clinch uh, in the UFC, and, and granted, against some really good competition, right? Like the the Tisha Torres loss is certainly nothing to be ashamed of, especially after what you know Tisha went toe to toe with Mackenzie during this uh, past weekend. But like. You know, I I just think she's had such trouble there, and her striking is maybe not the the best in the whole wide world. And I don't really think she's gonna out grapple Estela Nunez. You know, like Nunez lost her in her debut to Ariane Carnelosi, but like I'm high on Carnelosi too. Whereas like I, I mean, like Hughes has just looked three steps behind everybody who's beat her. Um, and like I said, some good competition with Tisha Torres, and slightly less good competition with Loma Lukbume, and Slightly even worse competition with Luana Pinheiro, and I'm not even sure if Stella Nunes is all that far behind Luana Pinheiro, and I think she just, you know, outstrikes her at will. So, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Estella Nunes here, too. All right, we're linking up so far, and um, usually good things happen when we have the same picks. All right, lightweight, Jordan Levitt versus Trey Ogden. Do you know Ogden's nickname, Dan? Uh, I don't. The Samurai Ghost, obviously. The Samurai Ghost. Samurai Ghost. Yes. Is that Versus... is that true? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. I, that's I don't ter- lie, man. That's terrible. <laughs> Samurai Ghost versus the Monkey King. We got in this one. Uh, let's tell you about Monkey King first. The Nine Sam- one. The Samurai yep. Ghost. <laughs> the Samurai Ghost. You have to have him on your podcast and find out, Dan. Uh, he's already been yeah. on. Really? Why do you you love nicknames? Ah, I didn't know that was his nickname. It's oh, not on Tapology. Maybe you need a better co-host, Dan, on your podcast. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. All right. Monkey King first. Nine knockouts. Uh, sorry, nine wins, one loss. One knockout. Six submissions for him. He's never been finished in a fight. Two won the UFC. He's got a win, loss, win. Both of his wins have come via finish. He was 1-0 on the Contender Series. Six years younger than Ogden, or the ghost of Ogden. Plus 112. Samurai Ghost, 15-4, 11 submissions. He's been submitted himself three times. This is his short-notice debut. He's won la- his last three fights via finish. He's a regional champ. Two inches height, one inch reach, minus 135. Should, should I've heard of Ogden? I think he has some hype behind him, right? Uh, he came off of the uh, Dana White's looking for a fight. Um, okay. That, that, like, um, not the annoying one where they hired reality TV stars to make the choices for him, but the one before that. Um, yeah. and, and he had a really good performance against JJ Okanovich, who not only fought on the ultimate fight, or uh, the contender series, but had a win on the contender series. So, like, uh, I I wouldn't say he has a lot of hype behind him, but he's a guy who um, fights out of Glory MMA, which you know always uh, yeah. I put a little stock into. And in addition to that, has like been at this for like a minute. Like his pro debut was all the way back in 2015. So, like, he, he's had, like, seven years in the fight game. So, he's a guy kind of later in life getting his first shot at the UFC. I'm not sure necessarily that he didn't have hype. He was the Fury FC champion, which means something. But um, with that being said, I, I am going to go with Trey Ogden. Um, there's a reason he's a favorite here. I think he'd be a bigger favorite if people weren't all in on Jordan Levitt and thinking his submission skills are great. Like, don't get me wrong. I do think his submission skills are great, but – He's up against a guy who has back-to-back-to-back submissions. And I would argue J.J. Okanovich, not a worse grappler than than uh, Jordan Levitt already. So, like, he's already out there subbing guys. 
not to mention, like, the other thing about him is, like, he, he just is not going to be on the bottom all that often in this fight. He's, like, a safe, smart wrestler. And if I know James Krause, like, he might also just not go to his wrestling at all. Like, he might just force Jordan Levitt to stand and trade. And I don't think Levitt can take him down. So there's so many paths to victory here for Trey uh, that I, I'm not really worried about Jordan Levitt in any way. Um, you know, Levitt's got those two UFC wins, one by slamming Matt Wyman in fashion that nobody could have ever predicted, and one uh, with, like, you know, Matt Salis making some of the dumbest uh, grappling moves of all time. So I don't think Ogden does either of those things, and I think he wins this one pretty handedly. Yeah, he hasn't exactly beaten a uh, murderer's row of people. The only thing that concerns me is short notice debut, but having James Cross in this corner hopefully will help alleviate uh, problems that that, that, could, uh, that could bring. So I'll, I'll go Ogden, too. Plus, Sam, you can't go against Samurai Ghost, even though Monkey King is <laughs> also very good nickname. Samurai Ghost is just far too ridiculous. It's one of my, it's one of my new favorites. <laughs> there you go. All right, heavyweights, big boys. Here's here, Speaking of favorites, we got Chris Barnett versus Martin Boudet. Uh, Booty. We'll call him, we should call him Booty. No, he's baddies is his nickname. Uh, Barnett's Beast Boy, but we don't call him that. We call him Huggy Bear, because that's really what his nickname uh, should always be. He should not have an, uh, a second nickname. All right, Huggy Bear, 22-7 and seven, with 17 knockouts. He's uh, been knocked out three times, submitted once. Won him on the UFC, won his last fight via TKO. He used to be a super heavyweight. He's at plus 180 here. Uh, Baddies, uh, Martin Baddies, Bude, 9-1, seven knockouts, one submission, never been finished in a fight. This will be his UFC debut after winning on the Contender Series, where he was 1-0. He won eight straight fights, all via finish. He is a regional champ. He's seven inches taller, two inches of reach, five years younger, minus 220. I got to go with Baddies here, no matter how much uh, Barnett is. is, I know he's a fun guy, but I I think Bude is actually pretty good, and he's damn good finisher, and he's way, way, way bigger. Um, I, I think uh, I will go with uh, Martin Boudet in this one. But here's the thing I will say about Boudet, because I am going to pick – I'm going to pick Huggy Bear here. Uh, just because both – I like the line. Um, not only do I like the guy, but I, I think he's kind of hard to gauge. First of all, the, the level of competition for Boudet, not good. Um, he fought Lorenzo Hood. a dude He is heavyweight, yeah. Yeah, he fought Lorenzo Hood, a dude who's just like a ball of muscle and tires out in about like 37 seconds um, on the Contender Series. And, but like pretty much what he does is he just gets in your face and he throws jabs and uppercuts. And not not that I think that he can't get it done there. He, he also does have a big left hand. Like the, it should be noted, the left hand's good. Um, but like just getting into range and throwing with Chris Barnett's not a good idea. Like that's, Probably not. That's, that's literally the worst thing you could do. Like. He, he he could hold him against the cage. I could see that happening. But if he does what I think he will, which is trade with him a little bit from distance, I, I actually think Chris Barnett holds a pretty good chance there. And at least at least a good enough chance that makes me want to take a stab at what was the number you officially said we're, we're going with? Plus 180. Yeah, plus I'll, take, I'll, I'll take him at plus 180 there. See, that's the difference. Dan takes wild stabs. I, I give you winners. So uh, I'll, I'll take the winner here in Martin Boudet. But, it, it, hey. I, I think that's why the, the, the gens like you because they all love to like just throw money down the down the tubes at at big uh, underdogs. So this isn't a huge underdog though. Yeah, right. it's not it's not as big as all the other ones that I hit. So <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> all right, lightweights: Rafa Garcia versus Jesse Ronson. Ronson is the body snatcher. Garcia is gifted. Ronson is Canadian. Dan, did you know that? 
I did know that. Yes. Do you know where he? <laughs> do you know what city he fights out of? Uh, it what isn't it over in like the Vancouver area or no? No. Am I thinking of somebody by, else? Kind of by me. He. It's also the name of a one of like the biggest city in the world. Um, biggest city in the UK. Oh, he lives in London, Ontario, Canada. Yes. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> And he's also a cheater, right? He he got popped for it wasn't weed, it was legit performance enhancer, right? That's why he his last his UFC win got scrubbed from the record. So all of us Canadians aren't aren't um as as honest as we seem. So this fight's basically a pick I'm on the board. I'm gonna tell you about say about Ronson first since we've already got into some he's twenty one and ten with one no contest, ten knockouts, seven submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted once. He's in, let me see, over his last, no, this is his UFC uh, career. He's 0-3, one no contest, over two stints in the UFC. So he he got a win last fight, like I said, but then they got uh, scrubbed for disqualification um, into a no contest. So he's still looking for his, his first official UFC win. Um, so he was suspended, so he hasn't fought since July of 2020. He's gone one and two with one no contest over his last four fights. He was in the PFL where he went 0-2. Used to fight at welterweight. This one is down at lightweight. Uh, he's got multiple regional championships on his mantle. I'll say at this time, 2009, <laughs> de- 2009 debut. He also he's been a pro boxer and kickboxer. Actually, a champion in in that both of those. Uh, three inches of height on Garcia. Striking stats in his favor as well. Minus 105. Gifted Garcia 13 to two. One knockout. Seven submissions. Never been finished in a fight. One and two in the UFC, he won his first, his last fight, excuse me, after uh, losing his first two. He was the Kambache champion before this. He used to fight at featherweight. He's nine years younger than Ronson. Grappin sat in his favor, minus 115. Who you got in this pick'em? I'm going to go with Ronson. Um, really? You know, like, yeah, suspension and everything aside, the, the bottom line is here is I think Ronson is a really strong grappler. Um, like, he's shown time and time again uh, not just in this stint, but in previous stints, like, you know, he, he could, he could take shit to the ground. Like he, he took down Kevin Lee back in the day and fought him to a split decision. You know, like he was, was, I mean, I guess he knocked down Nicholas Dalby before he rear naked choked him, but like he got to Nicholas Dalby's back, which is something, um, you know, he, he grappled toe to toe with Francisco Trinaldo. Like he fought Michelle Prezerish. Uh, all of those were split decision losses. Um, and granted that was six years ago. But his wrestling looks like it's just gotten better. So um, I actually really believe in the grappling of Jesse Ronson. And he's going to be up against Rafa Garcia, who who got taken down by a karate guy last time out, like, like pretty easily. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm like not <clears> – <throat> excuse me. I'm not really high on the grappling of Rafa Garcia, despite the fact he did use it somewhat to his advantage last time out. Uh, and I think Ronson's just going to roll him that way. I'm fading the Canadian because you always have to fade the Canadians. Um, he's been out like he's been out a while. Plus, got to be concerned about uh, what he's going to look like and fight like after, after the suspension. Um, yeah, and then well, I, I think Garcia's grappling can hold up, but we'll see, Dan. We'll see. That's why I have to pick him on the board because it's a difficult fight to pick. So Dan and I are going divergent paths now. So um, another lightweight fight: Drakkar Close versus Brandon Jenkins. Uh, Jenkins is a human highlight reel, if you haven't heard. He's 15-8, 10 knockouts, 3 submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted once. All won the UFC. He got TKO'd in his uh, only UFC fight. Before that, he had won 3 straight. 
He was 1-0 in PFL. He used to fight at welterweight. He's got three inches of height, one inch of reach. Uh, close, three years younger than him, plus 425. Drakkar Close, whose wife is... Oh, it's Courtney Casey. Courtney yeah, Casey. Courtney, yeah, Courtney Casey. Good job. Uh, he's 11-2-1 with four knockouts. He's 5-2 and two in the UFC. He got knocked out his last fight, but that was back in March of 2020. He's won, that was his only loss, actually, in his last four. He had won three straight before that. Striking and active striking stats in his favor, grappling in his favor. Minus 600. I don't like the line, but I like close. So, especially being out so long, too, coming off a knockout. But anyhow, um, he's better than human highlight, highlight reel. And I pick winners, so I will pick close to win. But minus 600, he's not going to make his way into my recommended place. Yeah, and I'll tell you the part that bothers me the most about that. You know, you mentioned the time off. It's not just the time off, but, you know, you're saying the time off is coming after a knockout. The time off is actually coming after a neck injury uh, at weigh-in. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so, like, it is – the circumstances surrounding his time off is, like, really bad. You know what I mean? Like, I, I have no idea how badly that hurt him, seemingly enough to keep him out this long – ultimately you and I've said this time and time again on here if you're picking somebody off of a long layoff you sort of either have to assume there are going to be their old selves or blow up your whole spot here and and I'm just like I'm gonna assume he's enough of his old self and his old self beats the hell out of Brandon Jenkins who for for people who don't know dude who loves to do really flashy things flying knees spinning stuff and and I just don't think that gets it done against Drakkar Closa who's uh, you know, like a, a pretty technical, straightforward fighter who tries to not get in firefights. As I read, Drakkar Closa says he's still dealing with injuries he sustained from Jeremy Stevens' shove. Okay, okay then then blow it all up then. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't think he'll ever be the same. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Sounds, um, yeah. Promising. Awesome. Promising is the word you're yes. looking for. <laughs> we're picking him anyway. We're picking him anyway. And Kay Hansen's been cut. I, I think that was our fault. I think, I think we said that she was going to get cut. And go somewhere else, but I think, think we caused that to happen, Dan. Yeah, I uh, I, I think it, it, I think it makes we've said this already. It makes sense for yeah. her to go somewhere and get fights. So yep, good for, good for her. But this isn't isn't a Kay Hansen podcast, at least not this week. So, all right, women's band and weight. Lena Landsberg. We got a lot of people coming back after a long time off versus Penny Kainzad. Landsberg's the elbow queen. Kainzad's bonsai. Um, this is another one with a real fun line. Um, Landsberg, 10-5 and five with four knockouts. She's been knocked out herself three times. She's 4-4 four and four in the UFC. Uh, she's gone 2-1 over her last three. She lost her last fight. That was back in January of 2020. She has had a baby since that time with who, Dan? Uh, Lena Landsberg? Is it a famous yes. husband? Yes. Well, famous oh. for for fighting nerds. Oh, I didn't. I don't know this one, I don't think. Akira Korosani. Oh, oh okay. Yes. Yeah, other Swedish guy. General yeah. or, Swedish or guy. He, <laughs> yes, or he, he's he's at least the the baby daddy, baby daddy. So I, I don't know what their uh, relationship status is, but anyhow, Wikipedia never lies. All right, so she had a baby. She's coming back. This is her first mom fight. Um, she used to fight at featherweight. She's a regional champ and a Muay Thai champ. She made a debut in 2012. Grappling stats in her favor, plus 325. Uh, Penny Kainzad, 15 to six, three knockouts. She's been knocked out once, submitted twice. Four and three in the UFC over two stints. She's, however, however, she's won four of her last five fights. She was in a four-fight winning streak and lost to Raquel Pennington in her last fight. Um, 
as I lost my spot on the spreadsheet. Here we are. Uh, she also was in the Ultra Fighter where she went 2-0. and She was also in Invicta where she went 2-3. and She also used to fight at Featherweight. She made her, also made her debut in 2012. A lot of, uh, a lot of similarities between these two. Uh, she got into reach nine years younger Landsberg. Twice more active, striking minus 425. Dan. Uh, I'm going to take Panny Kianzad here. Uh, I will say this is one of those fights that when I looked at it on paper, I was like, oh, this is kind of a good fight. And, you know, it's good to see Lena Landsberg back. Um, you know, you never know quite how she's going to look coming back uh, from being away for so long. But at the same time, I was like, okay, well, we'll just treat her as if she looks exactly like she did before. And I was like, ah, Panny Kianzad looks much better over the last two years. I'll probably pick Kianzad. And then I looked at the line and I was like, Holy bonkers, man! Is that line off? Um, I think Lena Landsberg's got a way better shot in this fight than the line predicts here. I, I still am gonna go with Panny Kianzad, but man, I I don't like this from a play standpoint. Yeah, I'm taking Kianzad as well, but yeah, also holy bonkers, I'd say to this too, Dan. Holy bonkers to the, these lines. All right, main event time. Of the prelims, haha. Heavyweights, Devin Clark. Heavyweights, Devin Clark versus William Knight. <laughs> um, you got the Nightmare versus the Brown Bear. Uh, um, William Knight, 11-3, nine knockouts. He's been knocked out himself once. He's gone 3-2 and two in the UFC. Lost his last fight. Used to fight or predominantly fought at light heavyweight. Missed weight. So now he's a heavyweight. He's. I saw videos of him like, doing, lifting some – he was bench. He benched like 495 degrees yeah. and he was it's squatting great. like – what was the squat, like 600 pounds or 585 or the squat yeah, was, was I, pretty good. I too. think it was almost 600. <laughs> but like just – I know uh, 495 is uh, what, five – yeah, five plates on the side. But like just put another – like put a two and a half on each side and you say you bench 500. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you won't even notice five extra pounds. But anyhow – yeah, he's he's getting quite beefy this way. Um, let me see. He was on the Contender Series where he went 1-0. He was a regional champ. He's at plus 145. Brown Bear Clark, 12-6, three knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out twice, submitted three times. 6-6 six and six in the UFC. He's lost two straight. Before that, he won two straight. He used to fight at middleweight and light heavyweight, so he's going way up. Doesn't want to cut weight anymore. He was the RFA champ. Two inches of height, two inches of reach, two years younger. For him, minus 175. I'll go with William Knight. I think he screwed us over enough in the past that I, I think he owes us a few now. Plus, um, I, I'm not impressed. Like, Devin Clark, the days of him being impressive seem to be uh, well in the rear view. And you never know what, what you're going to get from William Knight. And he's definitely a massively powerful dude. So it's with crazy knockout power. So let's uh, let's take a stab at it. William Knight, plus 145. So let's start here. First of all, William Knight was always meant to be a heavyweight. <laughs> and it's I don't a just ball of muscle. I don't just mean size wise either. I mean the way he fights. Oh yeah, it's yeah. the heavyweight division so fucking well because like he is just unpredictable and he makes huge mistakes and then he powers out of them as if it doesn't matter and then he capitalizes on somebody else's huge mistakes because that's just the type of fighter William Knight is and I think that's exactly the type of fighter that beats Devin Clark too because. You know, Devin Clark has been known to make mistakes, particularly in the grappling. You know, see the Anthony Smith fight or, you know, go back and see the Amblankovic fight or anything like that. And, yeah, okay, William Knight's neither of those two guys. But he capitalizes on mistakes quite well. In addition to that, I think Devin Clark's going to be undersized and understrength in this fight. William Knight is just going to power out of shit when he needs to. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with dog money here on William Knight, too. 
and Devin Clark, you can make mistakes with him. He's, he's not a finisher, so. No, uh, absolutely not. Total decision machine. <laughs> exactly. So he's not going to kind of catch William Knight uh, than you think. So, oh, boy, can we make um, in the future, it, I don't care what happens with this fight, can we make uh, Chris Barnett versus William Knight in the future, please? Oh, my God, that is a real possibility now. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> if that they be both, so much fun. If they both win and it doesn't get booked, I'll be pissed. Or even one one of them versus Alexi Olenek would be fine too. Like, and, and, you know, there's so many funny, there's so many funny matchups at, at heavyweight. Eh? Heavyweight's just a ball of fun. Oh man, I don't I don't know who I want Alexi Olenek to fight again, but <laughs> but somebody's fat for sure. <laughs> yes, for sure. That is a that is a for sure. Okay, that's the uh, the prelims. What we gave you mostly winners. I can't say we all gave you all winners because we disagreed on a few of the fights, but. All right, uh, we will jump into the main card after I tell you about Stable Duel. There are never enough things to gamble on in the one sport that runs 365 days. A year is horse racing. Best part is now there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you're brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and pay games for real cash prizes. We all love real cash prizes. None of that fake Bitcoin stuff, right? Uh, Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $40,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about horses? Not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly. It tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You, even, you can even follow them in the app, and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See in the winner's circle, play, race, win. Plus, we're brought to you by Prop Swap, where America buys and sells sports bets. The NBA playoffs are set. They're almost set. Uh, Prop Swap is where bettors find the best odds and turn the hard wood into hard cash. Prop Swap is the only app that allows you to pick your favorite teams and then sell your bets whenever you want. Many Prop Swappers make thousands of dollars just by buying and selling championship futures all playoffs long. This allows you to win over and over without your team ever lifting the trophy. Go to PropSwap.com or download their free Prop Swap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and red-hot tickets for sale, loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP. Your first deposit and PropSwap will match your deposit up to 500 bucks. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, just don't sell any Phoenix Suns championship futures because uh, you want to hang on to those. Let me tell you. All right. Main card, watch, wait, oh yeah, Dan, Dan will be writing our NBA previews for um, for the sportsgamblingpodcast.com site. Um, you have to pick the Suns to win. That's one of your, uh, one of the rules to writing this, okay? Or I'll have to take it away from you. Can I, can I also pick the Bulls to win or does that, that disqualify? Oh, who are they playing again? The Bucks. Who are they playing again? Uh, no, you cannot pick the Bulls to win. I may or may not have a Bulls future ticket. And, uh, oh, no. From the beginning. Swap, dude. From the beginning of the year. I'm not, oh, I'm not ready. Okay. I'm not ready to sell. <laughs> no. Actually, wait till they win. If they win, maybe they can win the first game against Milwaukee and then you can sell it. That might be the trick. Yeah. Anyhow, well, if you want, if you want to read Dan's biased NBA playoffs, uh, <laughs> it'll be out what Friday night, Saturday morning. So, all right. Well, it's great. Monir Laziz versus Ange Lusa. You may remember that name. We just spoke about this man. Just fought in XMMA. What? Two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? Yeah. Two weeks ago. Um, April second. So, two weeks ago. 
he is coming into the UFC, his debut on short notice. He is the last ninja. He's fighting the sniper. Um, so Lusa, eight and two, five knockouts, one submission. Never been finished in the fight. This, like I said, this will be his UFC debut on short notice. This fight, April 2nd. He was only won the contender series, but he lost to that Jack Magda Dying Delanga guy, right? Yeah, Jack Delamanalena. <laughs> yeah, that guy, Delamanalena. Um, all right, so he lost him. No shame there. He's got a loss, win, loss, win over his last four. That's a bit of a concern if you want to pick him to win. I uh, used to fight at lightweight. He's six years younger than Laziz, plus 170. Laziz, 10-2 with eight knockouts. He's been knocking himself once. He's 1-1 one one in the UFC. He lost via TKO his last fight. That was back in January of 2021. Uh, that was his only loss of his last four fights. He's gone 3-1. He was a regional champ. He made his debut in 2012. He's three inches, he has three inches height, two inches of reach on Lusa. So Lusa or Losa? Lusa sounds better. Yeah, that sounds much better. Good. Uh, striking and active striking stats in his favor, but Lusa's based off of one fight against that. That guy. Lama <laughs> Lama Ding Dong. Um, minus 200, Laziz. And it's you first because I picked the Nightmare first last time. So you go ahead. Yeah, I'm actually going to go dog again. I like Andre. I am too. Yeah. Um, this, is, this is a nice number too. It, it's a really nice number. And in addition to that too, I, I mean like – First of all, I think Angelusa is just like a little bit more well-rounded than Munir Lazez, who I think is kind of one-dimensional. He's he's a kickboxer, um, and he fights like a kickboxer. And when he's not kickboxing, he looks pretty damn bad. Um, and even when he's kickboxing, I mean, Marley Alves beat the hell out of him. You you can go back to some of his fights in Brave too, especially the one he lost to. Uh, I believe the guy's name is Elder Elderov, um, who was like a hot up and cover. I think the UFC signed him or something like that, and then he never debuted for some reason. Um, but anyway, uh, that's besides the point. Um, he did not look good in the grappling department, and I don't know necessarily that Lusa's going to go there. But the fact that Lusa was able to stand and trade with Jack Della Maddalena, who I think much more highly than, um, you know, Monir Lazez, and not only did so, but, like, possibly won a round off of Jack Della, um... Yeah, I, I like Lusa a lot in this. I, I think there's a lot of reasons to like him, and, and the number is clearly one of them. And being that this fight was booked fairly recent, I'd probably jump on that quickly if if you're listening to this uh, late Wednesday night or early Thursday morning. That that line is going to move, I think, and, and more and more people are going to pick Lusa. Yeah, it was. it's not even posted in a lot of places yet. So um, jump on it if you can if you can still get it at a nice, juicy number. Um you gotta be a little concerned about his short notice debut, but um, he's pretty, uh, pretty good fighter and probably more talented. And Laziz has actually been on the shelf for a while too. So let's do it. Plus one seventy is what we're locking it in at. All right, um, featherweights: Pat Sabatini versus TJ Laramie. Um, bum, bum, bum. He's the truth. He's also Canadian. All right, this. Uh, do I have trivia for this one? I think I did have. Hmm. I had trivia for this one. I thought, Dan, let me see. People love the Canadian trivia. That's what they come to the show for. Um, all right, TJ Laramie. Um, it was something about where he trains out of. Let me see where he's training out of. Oh, okay. He's, he fights out of Windsor, Ontario, okay? Um, if you go through the tunnel or across the bridge from Windsor, where do you end up, Dan? Through the tunnel? Upstate New York? And and. and and you go to a different country. What city do you go to? Uh, Buffalo. No. Uh, damn it, man. Detroit. 
Detroit. Oh, oh okay. It's further. It's further west. My bad. Yes, it yeah. is. It is. Yes. Um. All right. Dan failed on his uh, Canada trivia, but okay. Anyhow, let, let's see how he does with breaking down this fight. Um. Pat Sumtees, DJ Laramie. Let's talk about Laramie first. He's the truth. Twelve and four, seven knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted once. Taking this fight on short notice. He's all won the UFC. He got subbed in his only fight. That was back in September of 2020. We got a lot of people making their uh, returns here. Uh, one and all the contender series. Multiple regional championships on his. Manto. <laughs> Needed a drink, so there you go. Uh, seven years younger than Sabatini. Twice more active striking, but that's based off of two fights for Laramie. Um, plus 325. Another one of those fun lines, Dan. Uh, Sabatini, 16-3, two knockouts, 10 submissions. He's been knocked out himself once. He's 3-0 in the UFC. He's won five straight fights. He was the CFFC champ twice. Two inches taller, four inches of reach, striking and grappling stats in his favor, minus 425. And he fights at, a, at Dan's favorite camp, Daniel Gracie. Um, so I, I will be taking Pat Sabatini. Uh, once again, don't like the line, but he, he's a way better fighter. So he's, he's winning this fight, and you got to fade the Canadian. Yeah, I'm I'm going to pick him too, but I'm just going to quickly correct, I think, something, if I, I heard you correctly, in your uh, your stats breakdown. Uh, TJ Laramie's not taking this fight on short notice. Uh, Pat Sabatini is taking this fight on yeah, short I, notice. Yeah, I flipped back and forth on this because Sabatini was on this card, though. I, no, he wasn't. I'm sorry, Laramie. No, TJ yeah. okay. Laramie was supposed to fight Melsic Bagdasarian, yeah. yeah. which, uh, you know, like again, like not great for Sabatini that he's taking it on short notice. But, like, the dude was preparing yeah. for Melsic Bogdazarian. He is getting a very different opponent. Um, you know, he, he's, he was preparing for a kickboxer. He's going to get drowned in, like, no time. Sabatini is the easiest pick on this card, even at the inflated number. The inflated number doesn't bother me on this one. All right. Maybe he'll end up one of our locks, who used to say. Yeah. Um, minus 425, lock him in. Uh, moving on, women's bantamweight. Mara Bueno Silva versus Wu Yanan, uh, as we spoke of off the top. Um, we got Shitara is Silva. Mulan is Yanan's nickname. She's 12 and 4. Mulan, that would be Yanan. Mulan, Yanan. 12 and 4, six knockouts, five submissions. So everything's a finish except one fight for her. She's knocked out herself once. She's 1 and 3 in the UFC. Lost her last two fights. Last fight was back in January 2021. She has missed weight in the past. She used to fight at flyweight. She's got two inches of height on Silva. She's five years younger, more active striker, plus 325. Shitara, Silva, 7-2-1, one, one knockout, five submissions. Never been finished in a fight. 2-2-1 two, two and one in the UFC. Uh, over her last three fights, she got 1-1-1. One, one and one. Uh, She did lose her last fight. All of her UFC fights were at flyweight. Um, she's, this one's up at bantamweight, where, which she fought at before she came into the UFC. And she was a champ of that weight um, in BMMA. She was on the contender series where she went one low, and she's at four minus four twenty-five. Another one of our fun lines. Yeah, this is one of the ones again where I was like, yeah, I'm definitely taking Mario Buena Silva. Pulled up the odds right. and was like, my goodness, uh, how do they do that? Um, but you holy know, I'm bonkers. Yeah, holy bonkers. I, I'm still gonna take Mario Buena Silva though. I, I just think. Yanan you know, Wu has looked so bad in there sometimes. Um, yep. and, and maybe my biggest criticism of her is just how slow she looks in a lot of fights. Like, she made Jocelyn Edwards look so fast. Um, and, and had me sold that Jocelyn Edwards was like a world beater. Um, and yeah. then we've seen, we've seen that's just simply not the case with Jocelyn Edwards. 
Um, but like Myra Buena Silva coming up is going to be faster. She's shown she's got really good sub skills. I mean, she submitted Jillian Robertson, which is, you know, no, no small feat. Uh, there's, there's a lot to like about Myra Buena Silva. Um, maybe not at negative 500, but still enough for me to, to really like her in this fight. Yeah. Her, she's had a pretty tough competition in the UFC. She's fought some, uh, Way, way better fighter. I mean, yeah, she's she's United. coming off a she's coming off a loss to Manon Firo, so yeah, yeah. absolutely. She fought Jillian Robertson, Manon Firo, um, she fought Montana De La Rosa. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's uh, Bantamweight's going to um, be like a breath of fresh air for her. Um, not as many killers up there as as there are at uh, flyweight, or at least the ones that she's she's faced. So we are agreeing on that. Silva's the pick. What's rates? Miguel Baeza versus Andre Fial. Hello, um, Caramel Thunder. It's by Isaiah Fiala. Does not have a nickname. They've lost to give him one. He's fourteen and four with one no contest, eleven knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out himself twice. He's zero one in the UFC. He's he was zero one and one in PFL. He was four and one Bellator. So he did good in Bellator at least. Uh, two years younger than Baeza, plus one fifty. Um, Miguel Baeza, ten and two, seven knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out himself once. He's three and two in the UFC. However, he won his first three and then lost his last two. Last one via TKO. He's 1-0 in the Contender Series. He used to fight at lightweight. He's two inches taller than Fialo. Striking stats in his favor. He's one and a half, over one and a half times more active striking and grappling stats in his favor, minus 180. That's all based off of one fight, though, for Fialo. I'm going to go dog here, I think. Andre Fialo. This is one of the ones I have a question mark beside. I think I'm going to pick Andre Fialo. Baeza seems to have... I don't want to say hit his ceiling, but he's he's not looking um, as good as he did, obviously, to start, and he's not exactly losing to the... who did, He lost to someone who wasn't even that amazing last fight, right? Um, no, he lost um, to Chaos he, Williams. Okay, I can't, well, he's all right. He's not super Santiago Ponte yeah, and, uh, well, and Chaos Williams. Yeah, yeah, he lost to him. Yeah. All right, I'm taking Fialo, unless Dan can talk me out of it. I mean, I, I'm going to pick Baeza. Um, I, I think, you know, like you said, maybe not so great, but you you got to remember Chaos Williams has also beat uh, Matthew Samelisberger, the only guy in the UFC to do that, Abdul Razak Halasan in 30 seconds, and he knocked out Alex Morano on short notice. So, and yeah. He, fast. I, no, I'm just saying, sitting <laughs> here and telling me that, that Chaos Williams is a shitty fighter when he's 4-1 with oh only God. a loss to Michelle Pereira. Somebody uh, loves Chaos Williams. I mean, it's just categorically wrong to talk about a dude who's <laughs> who's got two thirty-second knockouts in four and one. I'm fine, Dan. He's good. He's You're right. Um, this isn't a Chaos Williams podcast, for God's sake. It could be. Um, it could be. So I, I, I'm going to take Miguel Baeza though, because I, I'm not sold that he's still not like a top guy. Um, whereas Fialo, right. if you've looked at him in the regional scene, he's just a power puncher and nothing else. Um, I'm not impressed by his takedown game. I'm not impressed by um, – I'm not impressed really by his speed or his boxing in any way. He's just a dude who's going out there looking to throw absolute bombs. Like, he, he got stunned by James Vick in the first round of a fight with James Vick. Um, and not only a fight with James Vick, but a fight with James Vick at welterweight. Um, I, I have a tough time – putting any kind of money on a guy who who that's true about. And especially when I like, I believe Miguel Baeza is still going to make noise. Um, like he, he, like I said, losses to Ponzinibbio and Williams when you've knocked out Matt Brown before, um, you know, like I, I still believe Baeza's got it in him. And I think he takes it to Fialo here. He believes in the caramel thunder. I'll, I'll take, so take Fialo and hope that his power punching 
gets him the W. But this is not one of the ones I am I am a solid on uh, as well as the next one. It's uh, middleweights. Uh, who, who's fighting Dan? Gadzi Omar Gadziev versus Kyle Bochello. <laughs> I can't remember how to say his name. Say his name, Dan. It's Kai Bohio. Kai Bohio? My, the way I said it was much better. But, um, <laughs> you got Gadzi Omar, Omar Gadziev, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, this is another one, one that's a tough one because we've only seen these guys in contender series. They're both making their debuts here. Um, the natural, Bohio is the natural. Uh, he's 10 and 1 with one no contest, four knockouts, three submissions, never been finished in the fight. As I said, this is his debut. He's won ten, seven straight fights. He's got 10 straight undefeated. He fought twice in the contender series, one at middleweight, one at light heavyweight. Um, won both of those. Won his last fight via TKO. That was on the contender series. He's a regional champ. He's got four inches of reach on Omar Gadziev, twice more active than him. Uh, this is based off just the contender series fights. Plus 120. All right, his opponent, Omar Gadziev, 13-0, eight knockouts, three submissions. Like I said, his debut, he was on a contender series. He won via submission. He used to fight at light heavyweight. He's got – actually, this is light heavy. No, this is middleweight, excuse me. He's dropped down to, to middleweight. Uh, three inches of height on Bohio. Grappling stats in his favor, minus 145. Over to you. Uh, I'm going to take Bohio in here. Um, I am too. Yay. Yeah, yeah there's a That's lot fun. of – I think there's a lot of things to like about Omar Gadzaev, but like – he, in his contender series fight, he kind of seemed like takedown or bust because he throws like a lot of heel kicks and like high energy moves and, and stuff that I don't think is going to really work against Ohio, who is a, a much more smart technical striker, a guy who's going to, you know, work his way onto the inside and not take unnecessary damage and stay out of the way of the goofy stuff that Omar Godzaev is going to probably throw. I also think he's going to be bigger and stronger and probably good enough to defend the takedowns because Omar Gadzaev on the mat was just kind of like diving for submissions anywhere he could get him. He wound up with a knee bar, which was kind of fun. He actually has the only knee bar in Contender Series history. But I just don't think like Bohio is the type of dude who has a rough time with a guy throwing the kitchen sink at him. I mean, like we saw him play Aaron Jeffrey and he handed, handled that fine. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to go go Bohio here. I also, you know, I'm a fan of the line. I, I like where I'm seeing it at too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm taking him. I, I kind of like his, his resume a bit better too than Omar Gaziev. I like the people he's beaten a bit more. Um, yeah, let's roll the dice. Let's get some, uh, plus 120 money. All right. Main event. Watch weights. Vincente Luque versus Bilal Muhammad. Remember the name Muhammad versus the silent assassin Luque, which is, I think, the perfect nickname for him because he seems to be quite slept on. After I read you his resume, um, you wonder why you don't hear more about this guy. All right, Muhammad first, though. 20 and 3, one no contest. He's uh, got four knockouts, one submission on his resume. He's been knocked out once. He's 11 and 3 with one no contest in the UFC. He's won two straight, and he's gone 6 0 oh, 1 over his last seven. He was the Titan FC champ. He also was one in Bellator. He made his debut in 2012, plus 145. Uh, Luke, 21-7-1, 11 knockouts, 8 submissions. He's been submitted twice. He's 14-2 in the UFC. He's won four straight and 10 of 11. Two straight fights, he's won via submission. And before that, he won two straight via TKO. Uh, he's one and one uh, He was one and one in the Ultimate Fighter. He used to fight at middleweight, debut in 2009. He KO'd Muhammad back at UFC 2.0. Uh, UFC 205, which was November 2016. 
three inches of reach on Muhammad, three years younger than him, more active striker, minus 175. Now, Luke uh, is my pick. He should, like, he, he is, uh, like I said, a solid assassin. He's seems to be quite slept on. What I read you that resume has, he's, he is a killer, as Dana White likes to say. Um, and I just think he's a bad matchup for Muhammad, as he proved to be in, in the first matchup. Muhammad, I guess, if he goes wrestle heavy, there's a chance he could wrestle him for 25 minutes and get a win, but um, avoiding a guy with the finishing ability of, of Luke for 25 minutes doesn't sound like a good uh, path to victory for me. So Luke is the pick. Yeah, and I will also say this, too. Like, that—that that is, since they last fought, and they have changed quite a bit, that is his, like, area of growth, right? Like, he is now a slightly better wrestler. But, like, yep. do you want to wrestle with the guy who's got back-to-back Darius finishes? Like, I, yeah. I don't. Like, it it's not like Vicente Luque has, like, a glaring weakness in his wrestling. You know, like, it, he went out and beat Wonderboy that way, and that's great. And that's the right game plan for Wonderboy. But, like, Bilal Muhammad's striking has not changed since they last fought. Maybe it's a little quicker or whatever. But, like, he's still not going out there and finishing dudes. And, and Luque is. Like, Luque hurts people. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's Luke all day. I'm kind of surprised the line is as close as it is. I, I have to assume that's some of the shine from the Bilal Muhammad recent victory. Yeah. Um, don't you think Luke should be getting more respect than he's getting? It's yeah, I, 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 I like, this, resume has, and it's in, at welterweight too, which is a, which has got some killers in it. Um, it's not like he's doing this at, at a crap division either. Yeah, this is one of those ones where I looked at the line afterwards and I was like, oh, really? Only that? Sweet. Yeah, yeah like, nice. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, this is true. Because he, yeah. he's just, he's better in just about every way, I think. Yep. His only losses are to Stephen Thompson and to Leon Edwards. So uh, no shame in that. Stephen Thompson loss was 2019, November of 2019, and Leon Edwards was March of 2017. That's it. Uh, in the UFC. Uh, he, oh, sorry. He also lost to Michael Graves on the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, <laughs> the finale. Finale uh, in 2015. So um, we'll, we'll excuse him for that. But uh, other than that, I, yeah, I had him 14-2 in the UFC. That is incorrect. He's lost three times in the UFC. My apologies. But anyhow, he's – I may have to rethink my pick here, Dan. Now that I know he lost to Michael Graves at one point. Hmm. No, nah, I, I think I'll stick with him. So Luke <laughs> is, the, is the pick. All right. You got some um, – I got to change up my approach for these recommended plays. I got to make it more locks instead of me like um, going with all these props that I always go with. I know I've made the statement before and I still always go back and pick a bunch of props, but um, <laughs> I look, my I recommended look, play. I look, I look forward to your props next week. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like an MMA, MMA retirement is basically it, it's the same thing. Um, but my overall, like, I'm, my uh, percentage, uh, winning percentage is higher picking every fight uh, than it is just picking recommended plays. But that shouldn't be the case. Let's <laughs> try to fix that this week. Um, we'll, go, we'll let you go first, as per usual. All right. So I'm going to kick it off with uh, – I'll take Vicente Luque. Uh, I mentioned before, I love the line. I'll take 40 bucks on his money line. I am backpacking, piggybacking that play. 40 bucks on Luque. What do we have, Matt? Minus – what did I say? Minus one – 75 did i say yeah is that what i said i did say that all right we will we will lock that in for both of us um actually i'm gonna put 50 bucks on it what do you think of that well, i don't like at, a whole on this card so you're gonna right. one up you're gonna one up me there I am um, that, man it's like we're at an auction okay your turn i'm gonna take uh 30 on trey ogden oh um, yeah well i'm gonna take 35 no. <laughs> 30 on 
30 on Trey Ogden. Uh, just yeah. the straight money line? Yeah, the money line. I think you could probably yeah. finish him. So I, I, I'm i sort of leaving decision. But, yeah, I think there's a chance he even subs Jordan Levitt. Yeah, I better not take that since I'm picking Jordan Levitt to win that fight. Um, let's, <laughs> let's take um, 20 bucks, Bohio. His line, plus 120. Good line. Um, good fighter. So let's take that one. All right. I'm going to take uh, 15, and I'm going to put it on uh, William Knight <laughs> straight up. <laughs> Yeah, straight up, nice. Uh, how much is that at that? I believe that brings me up. forty-five. All right. And I believe that, that leaves you leaves me with fifteen bucks. Yep, seventy. I'm gonna take. Um, I have seventy already. Give me twenty on Pat Sabatini just winning outright. Uh, minus four twenty-five. All right, and I'm going to make my last 15 – my last half 15. I'm also going to go with Pat Sabatini, but I'm going to go prop here. Uh, I'm going to take Pat Sabatini wins in round one, which you can find at, oh, plus, okay. at plus 275 um, is a line out there for that. So plus 275, he takes TJ Laramie out in the first. Sabatini plus 275, first round. All right, got it. I'm going to take – Ten bucks, William Knight money line plus one forty five for for my last play. So, all right, um, yeah, that adds up. All right, we'll do dance first, aka Gumby. Forty bucks, Luke money line. Thirty bucks, Ogden money line. Fifteen bucks, Knight money line, and fifty bucks Sabatini prop to win in the first round. Uh, fifty bucks. For, this is Jeff now, the one you want to follow. Fifty bucks, Luke Money line, 20 bucks, Ohio money line, 20 bucks, Sabatini money line, 10 bucks, night money line. Boom. All right. Give us a, give us a uh, super fan, John, 10 to 1 parlay and get us out of here. Okay. So this one's a little bit trickier, I'm going to say, because. Not two fights? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I think uh, if I if I were to Bellator one in, I could probably do two oh, fights. That's true. Um, because there are some wild numbers over there. Um, but let's do um, – Let's put Pat Sabatini, but we got to get him. We're going to say not just that he wins. Uh, I won't take the first round one again for the super fan jog parlay, but I am going to say he wins by submission. I, I think that one's pretty yeah. easy, and you can get it at plus 175. We're going to mix the William Knight line in there, too, because William Knight, as I pointed out, you know, an extreme value there on his, his number. And then we're going to just close with Jesse Ronson straight up. So Sabatini submission, William Knight won the uh, money line, Jesse Ronson money line, you're getting twelve to one. Wow, twelve to one. Where do you get twelve to one anywhere else, people? So there you go. Three five eight, so get you twelve to one. So once again, Sabatini submission, William Knight money line, Ronson, Jesse Ronson money line. Boom. And you got a Canadian in there. Perfect. All right. We did it. Long enough episode. It's late at night. I got to get this posted for all you degens that are. Uh, I don't think John sleeps, so he will patiently be waiting for it to, or impatiently waiting for it to, to bounce into whatever his catcher of choices so i'll leave you with follow us on twitter jeff fox writer he is gumby vreeland reader stuff sports gumby podcast.com all sports there read my mma stuff at money mma.substack.com i think that's it any parting words dan if not you can take us home uh no i'm good uh and not only am i good but i'm daniel gumby vreeland and he is caramel thunder jeff fox Yep. We will catch you next week. I am. <laughs>